This is Grace. And this is Zach. Welcome to The Human Factor. Where we discover common points of reference from culture and the built environment that we, as humans, navigate every day. We hope that you walk away from our conversations with new ideas and maybe some inspiration. This is The Human Factor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Human Factor podcast episode seven uh, as always i have my co-host here grace ferris soon to be grace davis <laughs> hello um today so. yeah today we have a the topic that we would like to discuss today is minimalism so uh reason why i recently watched this uh, uh new netflix documentary it's pretty it's actually pretty good i'll recommend it to everybody I mean, it doesn't. It has like a six point one star on IMDb dot com, whatever. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Um, it's about. It's called the uh, the minimalist. Less is more, or less is now, rather. And it's about changing your lifestyle to fit like a minimalist uh, type of lifestyle, which we want to go into in today's episode, but. Well, this year, it's all about... It's 2021. We just came off of a very turbulent year. And we started off this new year by watching this documentary. And then within this documentary, they, they challenge you to go on a minimalist challenge. Mm-hmm. Where for 30 days, you give away the number of items that that day is. Right. So on day number one, you give away one item. On day number two, you give away two. And so on. And I think that this was such a good challenge for us to take, even though we already kind of practice uh, letting things go gracefully throughout our lives anyway. But it's kind of nice. I am excited for on day 30 to give away, donate, hopefully, some 30 items. 30 items in one day. So uh, they go into the documentary, uh, they go in deep about... Uh, how minimalism actually has a misperception as far as lifestyle choices and it's not just you know living with less stuff um it's actually just living more with intention and uh, realizing waking up to the fact that you have possessions that you don't necessarily need or use as much as you had before maybe they're not bringing you much use and you everybody has something like that where you know that you could have gotten rid of that years ago and you would have missed it. Like, you found it and you're like, oh, like, I still could use this. I didn't even know I owned it anymore. But well, why is <laughs> holding on to things bad for us? Why? Yeah. Because it's driven by uh, the wrong purpose. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be filling your the void in yourself with possessions. At least this is what they, they say in the documentary. Um... They, th- they say the it's most common for people to try to feel, and that's that's how you know the people that made this documentary that, that supposedly that's how they felt like you could get lost and caught up in the fact of trying to chase that American dream um, where you're working overtime you're putting in hard hours and you're making bank but you're just filling your life with possessions and things. You're in that capitalism loophole and that marketing scheme. You just keep getting sucked in and buying the new thing. Or you go to the store and you see, like, a new, like, sequins jacket. And you're like, oh, I need that. But 
in a week from now, you're going to not have that high off of the, you know, let's say it was on clearance, you got a really good sale. That sale will fade, and then you'll realize, oh, I don't even really like this that much. Right. It's just like the, um, you have that adrenaline once you just swipe that and card and get something new. It's so easy nowadays to frivolously buy. Um, just think of Amazon. I, I can't tell you how many times that I bought something on Amazon that I didn't need because mm-hmm. I know that I can return it and it makes it feel justified. But like then, how many times do you wind up just getting too lazy and keeping it, forgetting to return it, yeah. or you know, yeah, just getting too lazy to even go to the store or the UPS store to actually return the item. And what it's doing is it's devaluing our time. So we have all of these things within our reach at our disposal. We have Amazon on our phones at all times. Like you're in, you have trouble sleeping in the middle of the night. You can just pull out Amazon and order a couple things. It gives you notifications on things that you've saved in your wish list that have gone down in price. Right. And you're like, shoot, I should jump on it. It's that like scarcity mentality. I think that's where minimalism comes in and is like, it says, no, 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 you don't have to have that scarcity mentality. Everything you have is enough. You don't need to hoard kitchen utensils. Mm-hmm. Just only consume what you use. And it and- gets back to that essence yeah it's um exactly it's just living with intention for your possessions and freeing yourself from unnecessary possessions Mm -hmm. um it can be a liberating process but you know the average person doesn't really think that they're a hoarder but um you look around at if you do that minimalism challenge you'll find out a couple of things about yourself i mean you look around your house and see like I really need all this junk that I got. And sometimes it'd be, you can be too far in the other direction. Like, it's not about just having no stuff. It's stuff that you need. So, mm-hmm. I, actually, I think this was stated in the documentary. Um, I liked the, I liked this line. It was, what was the exact wording he said? Um, if you say you have, he, even if you have just one thing, if that one thing doesn't have any value or use to you, then you already have too many things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of funny to think about it that way. But In what you do have, there's supposed to be an emphasis on making sure what you do have has a quality to it. And it has like a standard. So that way you're not you're not shopping at the dollar store anymore. Like right. we're not doing that. Yeah, it's so easy to just go to I don't know, Walmart when you need a piece of furniture or something. Yep. Or get something cheap at, you know, Big Lots or even Target, I would say. I don't really like the quality of furniture at Target Yeah, for and long that's time. what I'm saying. Um, is the quality from these these big box stores is not that of like a, a nice craft, handcrafted piece. Like I have a, yeah. a piece, a handcrafted piece of my great-grandfather, I believe it was, it's been passed down and it's, it's, a, it's lasted all these years, you know, yeah. probably like got to be close to like 100 years or something i don't know mm-hmm. that's and, our desk yeah and that's my writing desk my working desk i work from home there sometimes um and i bought that 50 and that's desk. that's outlived like all of my junky furniture that i had oh, as yeah. a kid and i bought leo it's just well it was originally from me when i was working from home back 
last about a year ago. Right. Um, I just quickly was like, oh, I just I just need a desk out of desperation, and you know, I yeah. couldn't. I didn't have the money. To and that desk really is already already beat up. It's just it... made out of particle board, so anytime you put exactly. a glass on there, it's gonna swell and look like shit. And yeah, and it just it gets scuffed up really easily because it's just got a thin veneer on it. And truly, that's not a sustainable lifestyle when furniture is going every year. You got to replace your desk. Or every other. No, it it end up it ends up costing you more money in the long run anyway. So yeah. you might have just bought the piece of furniture that you that that would last you a long time, rather than just getting one to okay, fit that the space that you need. Cost, yeah, but you have to be you have to be more intentional time. with your purchases. That's part of the whole minimalism lifestyle that I've been looking into. I used to do this with clothes, where I would buy clothes of low quality. And I would spend, you know, not a ton of money on them. And it was, like, quick, fast fashion. And then I would, um, they would legit break the minute I put them in the washing machine or dryer. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've stopped doing that, and I've started to not buy so frequently. But when I do buy things, they're more expensive in, you know, in nature. Yes. But they are better quality, and I feel better when I wear them. Because I have just a tendency to take better care of them. Yeah. Well, um, did you want to segue into how this pertains to minimalism and architecture? Actually, I thought that would be a yeah, nice little so segue. Um, like neo-minimalism. You brought that up to me earlier. Well, I think we should talk about where minimalism starts. Sure. So every movement, I would say that this has really evolved into what was it once an art form, into a full-blown movement, and that's where we are now, in a second wave of a movement. But... To go back to its roots, minimalism was founded in the 1950s, 60s. A lot of things were happening around that time. And around this time, this started with artwork, specifically with people like Enrico Castellani with his monochromatic paintings that he did. And this came as like quite a shock to the viewers because you could imagine that you're used to seeing these elaborate art deco paintings with all of this extravagance to them and then something comes along that's stark Mm -hmm. and monochromatic and it's just like a cleanser for the palette of the viewer so with minimalism it's trying to convey that like this is a pathway to freedom like use me as a tool to freedom i think is in terms of what i see in architecture with minimalism and I've seen it done right, and I've seen it done very wrong. In instances where it's done wrong, I think, is when it's too trendy. Mm-hmm. And it's not... I, like, I've seen it in, in instances when it's done right. If I can't, I kind of read it as liberating and free. It reads as, like, right. freedom to me. I think its roots, you know, it started... It was inspired by Cubism and the Bauhaus movement mm-hmm. and... As the industry, in, as the industry, as a whole, kind of started to switch, and things were mass produced, and technology came about, that ability to just mass produce with cheap materials, but do it often, so these people are spending less, but buying more frequently, is what subverted this movement, and it is kind of a direct attack on the original principle of right. you're buying these high-quality items to last you a long time that are usually like something of value, or you're not even buying, you're inheriting 
because a lot of what you can have, you don't need to buy. That's something that we've kind of shifted our perspective into. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to touch on that uh, cubism part that you brought up, though. Yeah. So you said that it has found roots in cubism in yeah. some sort of... So yeah. how, how did that come about? Because I'm looking at... I'm actually looking at some pictures of uh, uh, neo-minimalist architecture. And mm-hmm. I do see a lot of it's it's heavy form, like with mostly blocky, blocked out forms, and but you also see some other types of minimalist style of architecture with where they use uh, a lot of curvature and mostly just monochromatic though. With that's that second wave neo minimalism, but when the the minimalism that was inspired from cubism and Bauhaus. If you look at and reference cubic art or art that was direct, that was you know a part of the cubism movement, mm-hmm. it's portraits of people's faces, but they're broken down and and they're distilled down to shapes and single lines. Like on your face, you don't just have a ninety degree line, you know. And other, you have many angles, but this is something that's breaking it down, so you still recognize it's a face. It's just distorted a little bit, but things are condensed down into fewer angles. Mm. You know, maybe you have only ten angles total on your whole face. Right. Yeah. And it's see, what do I you get... need to get the point across mm-hmm. to the viewer? The minimal amount of pen strokes, even. Yep. Minimal amount of angles, colors. You know, a lot of the cubism art had that monochromatic palette that we can derive the palettes that we have today from right i always thought of cubism as bright colors though is it not um it's both it's both cubism has a lot of bright colors and there are some movements where or some series of paintings and drawings that are in this like subdued very washed out monochromatic tone Hmm. blues grays maybe there's some warmth punched in there yeah I always thought of cubism as having a lot of expression, though, which is funny to think that it's minimalist, because I I can really see I I mean in most um, examples of it I suppose especially with Pablo Picasso mm-hmm. I can really see like the emotion he was trying to convey with his artwork. Minimalism doesn't mean that the punch isn't packed with something. right exactly that's kind of what I'm getting at. Yes, minimalism still means you live a fulfilled life. You live a beautiful life, and it actually helps you achieve that more authentically and in its and most that's raw kind of, form. That's kind of the idea: is you don't need to, you don't need to make something elaborate to express your point. That that goes for everything in life. You don't need to. You can express your emotion with very few words, um, and that's kind of the the benefits. I do want to talk about some benefits of minimalism, actually. Not even just in, like, design, but in just in terms of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, just back to that point about just living your life with the, with the most intention. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Living your life intentionally and not... It, actually acknowledge the possessions you have in your life that do hold value and be thankful for those possessions like have hold them with higher praise because you don't want to have so many things that you don't even care about the things that you have and you want to be more proud of the things that you do have you don't want it to be uh some 
garbage uh, product that was made in China. Exactly. Like, stop anesthetizing with your possessions. Like, stop going to the store and impulse buying just to anesthetize. I don't know if I'm saying that word 100%. Anesthetize. Yeah, there it is. Um, with all this extra stuff really distill down to what you need and don't you know address the root problems like you need to you don't just minimize the space around you that bleeds it's a whole lifestyle so it bleeds into the relationships you have do you need to keep up with a million different relationships that don't really serve you at the end of the day do you need fake acquaintance you know fake friendships or can you cut that out and just focus on the quality of one or two friend like very good friendships in your life yeah yeah i didn't necessarily even think about it in terms of relationships with people uh, yeah. i was only thinking about it as like worldly possessions but that it could work in terms of yeah, your relationships really... too it's really anything. I mean, it's it even you can live your life in a minimalistic way as fo- as far as what can, food you consume. Like, do you know everything you're putting in your body? Are you putting in too much of something that's hurting you? And that's the thing is you distill aspects of your life down into simpler terms. Mm-hmm. And simple doesn't mean what's, you know, it's not what's easiest simples no like make sure what you're ingesting is quality make sure do you want to actually talk about do you think that um this type of lifestyle it could be for people who aren't as privileged as others i think there's a misconception to think that um you can only live a more minimal lifestyle if you actually can afford to get rid of your crappy things and then get really good things which i think there is a lot of truth in that statement but i don't think that's i don't think it's necessarily true that you can't live with minimalist aspects it doesn't even have to be like like you said worldly possessions it could just be with stuff that you're putting in your body or uh, friends who you communicate with and i think that everybody could be living a minimalist lifestyle i think what it is is just lack of education and A lot of times, I don't know if you've ever noticed this with people, but a lot of times people who actually don't have a lot of something, like let's use money for an example. If you don't have a lot of money, you usually are telling everybody that you have a lot of money or you're always talking about like how much a price tag on something was. It's like to me that's the dead giveaway that somebody doesn't have money is when they have to flaunt what they do have. So minimalism to me a lot in terms of possessions is collecting and hoarding and living in that state of scarcity and always being fearful that there's not enough there's not enough so go out and get what you can and hoard what you have and don't give it away just keep it for you and your family yeah when minimalism regardless of budget you can accept and give things freely and you know you can no matter what status you are there's always someone below you and above you that's funny actually i just that made me um remember that part of the documentary so one one of the people he was really i think they were both there are two guys that Mm -hmm. made this documentary i think they were both like pretty poor growing up and the one guy was talking about how when you're poor you pretty much when somebody gives you something you accept it because Mm -hmm. you know things are hard to come by 
But then what happens is when you're, you know, when you're poor, you are accepting everything that that you can get, or at least without buy, being thoughtful, you're buying. just accepting anything you can get your hands on. You don't have that intentionality. Well, yeah, like not to say that they accept anything just because you don't have money, but you don't like, have that moment to sit and pause and contemplate. Right, or they go for, or they get caught uh, going for like cheap deals at Walmart of stuff that's not really sustainable Mm -hmm. and what happens is you end up holding on to these possessions because you never want to give everything away when you're living in a scarcity mindset and when you when you um come from a poor background of course you have that trauma of living in that scarcity mode but uh minimalism can be that tool to help you break through because it keeps you out of that cycle of consistently reaching for the things that aren't of quality that in the long haul you're not treating as if it's an investment. Things that you buy should be looked at as an investment more often than you would think. The food that you put in your body should be looked at as an investment in your health. Mm-hmm. Why do me and you, you know, we made the decision to really try and focus on only buying grass-fed meat of high quality to feed me, you, and Leo? Because we looked at it as an investment on our health that we will see a return on later. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's not always about um, the price tag, though. Like, I, I understand that people that are hurting for money aren't always going to be able to afford this, the best stuff for your body mm-hmm. but it, or for your family or, you know, the most sustainable equipment and tools that you need to Not at all times, but if you start to make certain changes in other places you'll start to realize that that money can shift from those things that you were once spending it on into more useful places well i also feel like living a minimalist lifestyle even if you don't have that much money to buy things isn't a bad idea to to at least consider because the basic principles of living with minimalist intentions is to to just try to donate or recycle stuff that you really have no use for anymore. Yep. And it's, you know, just keep the things that you do have use for. This can get a little heavy-dippy, but I think that the more you, what you put out comes back to you. So if you're somebody who is allowing items and things to freely ebb and flow from and to you, you're gonna, you're suddenly gonna look around and everything that you need is gonna start appearing. That like crazy phenomenon happened to me where things just started when I became more generous with my time and my possessions and my like my money, things started out of nowhere lining up for me that, you know, someone was giving away exactly what I needed. And I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. You know, or I was able to give somebody something that was exactly what they needed at that moment in time. And that's where I think that when you start to live your life in this way and get into that energy, it can actually really be that breakthrough point. And you don't have to, it doesn't cost more money than the standard of living at that you're at now. You don't have to go out and buy this book to do it. You don't have to get on this diet to do it. It's just a way of life. Hmm. Like anyone can be a minimalist. You don't have to be special. You don't have to live anywhere different. (laughs) Yeah, that's true because it's not like you 
have to have no things like <laughs> yeah the, it doesn't the, matter your climate the idea is that you keep things that you truly need and things that you truly get enjoyment from and, and maybe you stop being stupid and stop buying a trendy trench coat and you actually buy a winter jacket if you live in rochester new york like me mm-hmm. <laughs> like for I think five years I went without an actual warm winter jacket. And then finally this year I said, hello, like you live in a cold climate. You need a jacket. <laughs> it's also true that it's it's hard to like, I don't know, I guess it's hard to <clears throat> really think for the future. A lot of people when they're making purchases, they're always thinking in the present mm-hmm. or in the near future. But if you think long term, you're actually going to be more conservative with the money that you're spending yeah because you don't want to spend too much money on a jacket that you think might go out of style soon or something you might want to have that jacket for a long time and there's two ways to increase how much capital you have you can either get another source of income to bring more in or you can decrease the amount that the amount that's going out Mm -hmm. and one the way that we choose is both you know we have multiple streams of income each and we also consciously adopt practices and turn them into routines that then turn into habits yeah that we do and it's starting we're starting to see the return you know so uh what about like work life with minimalism i'm thinking like not even in terms of just like work environment but um a work balance so would you consider or maybe someone should consider minimalizing their amount of focus if there's someone who is too um inclined to do too many tasks at once or open themselves up to too many things and start cutting things off the first thing you need to do is sleep Mm -hmm. you need to start but if you're not getting i I always say if you're not getting eight hours of sleep Mm -hmm. Or at least, I mean, as you get older, you don't really technically need eight that hours much sleep. Eight hours is great. But I say between five, if you can't get between five to eight hours of sleep a night, you're probably either doing too many things or taking too long to do the things that you're doing. Something's not working. So yeah. first of all, start your schedule's with your all messed up or something like. You need to get a bottom line and start figuring out what time do you have to work with within a day. Well, because the biggest deal is, and at least for most people, especially for me, and I know for Grace is if you don't have your sleep, you're not going to be productive. So there's, exactly. there's no point in trying to gain extra hours exactly. by working into the nights because you're not you're not going to be a, a functioning person. I know some people that are just not normal, like, that can function with barely any sleep, but I don't think for them, I don't buy the average person that's healthy. Slacking Either in way, other parts it's not of healthy. life that you can't see. I don't buy it, but I I think that's a good starting point is start establishing a routine of what time you go to bed that works for you and your schedule and what time you wake up and start having consistency in your life. And then we can talk about your work-life balance and what you're doing in the hours that you're awake. So Yeah, well, it also, but going back to the work and the work mindset, like it might be of advantage to use some minimalist tactics in your organization of Mm. your scheduling for example yeah Yeah. and just of just to be a more detail-oriented person and not to live in clutter 
both like metaphysically and physically. <laughs> what I started to incorporate into my life is committing to one thing a day. Yes. So if you have, if it's a weekend and you have a function going on, I say one function per day. Yeah. We've done it with the holidays since coronavirus. Just one household if we do see family, which, you know, just your parents or my mom or whatever. But no matter what it is, we're not jumping through and like going to see your mom and splitting a holiday between three different people and, you know, where do we have to go here and there? Like we really try to keep our schedule down to so we can fully be present in that moment. Right. Yeah. It's like this. It's truly that's the you hit, you hit the nail on the head because that's the point is to try to be present in the moment mm-hmm. and not to be so overwhelmed with other external things that really don't matter in the larger scheme of your life because what really matters is focusing on your you and others especially yeah, the your family who are right there and enjoy the time that you are with don't be thinking of what I'm doing in two to five hours from now. When you're with the people who you're supposed to be with. Because you only have this moment right yeah, now. Yeah, you only have this. So be intentional and do not overcommit yourself. It, commit, stick to the first, the plan that was made first. Everything else, can't do it. Got a schedule, different time, different day. There's lots of days in the year. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. So that's my rule number one for my social life. And that alone helps me declutter my work life. Because I'm not like, oh, got to leave work at this time to get here by this time and this time by this time. So, you know, I work is obviously a priority and I have to get there at a certain time and I have to leave, you know, by a relatively certain time. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I work at a company that's flexible because that's what my lifestyle requires. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you do too. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's kind of... It's not too too much of a challenge for us to have a balance. I think, yeah, it's not bad to have a busy schedule, I guess I'll put it that yeah. way. You, have, you should have an organized schedule. But in your schedule, this is the most important thing, I think, is you should have every day a block of time where you do something just for yourself. Yeah, and make the moments count. When you're at work... Be the most productive you you can be. How do you mm-hmm. do that? Getting a good night's sleep, waking up, maybe having water and coffee. Well, I also really truly think breakfast. it's important. And as a creative person, I obviously prioritize this as something for myself. Is I think that you should do one thing that's like creative or like a passion project or. Oh, something. I have this beautiful quote for this. Be boring and. Oh, God, it's be boring in your life so that you can be violent and original in your work. So yeah. be boring and ordinary in your life so you can be violent and original in your work. Hmm. Have routines. Go to bed at a decent hour. Don't, like, overload yourself on caffeine or sugar or alcohol. Be consistent and be normal, and that way you can be as creative as possible. Like, feed yourself with good nutrition. Yeah. And, um, and just go be healthy in regular general. workouts exercise and these are all keep boring on things routines. you know this is nothing it, you're not going out the day-to-day day process is boring but that's the reason why it's important to keep like an organized schedule to block out times of, like this day every day get get in a routine for what you do and then you know when it's time to like reward yourself for a hard day's work mm-hmm. but it's also very important this is another thing that i forgot to mention 
just as important as doing something uh, just for yourself for as a reward before you get that reward you should do at least one thing that's very hard for you to do yeah yeah and then you know because i i just believe that we are we do live comfortable lives even even through these crazy times we still live very comfortable lives and we're too privileged to just go about our lives thinking that we never we'll never have to do anything hard i mean besides just like the normal bullshit of life like put yourself through like a rigorous workout or something right and um you know something i have to say about that is i think that me and you accomplished a lot more than i ever expected us to this winter by Mm -hmm. being in a very routine manner i mean we would go to work we would come home we would have a dinner or nighttime routine spend quality time with our son and then as soon as leo went to bed we automatically started we're like oh it's time to draw the portraits time to be productive yeah and we did and we got a lot done because what you you don't work out of energy bursts and spurts that you have of feeling creative you need to learn to sit down and no matter how shitty you're feeling that day or how good you're feeling that day or how distracted you're feeling that day you need to put in the time you have to stop listening to your as rogan calls it your inner bitch Mm -hmm. and um you need to just have discipline you don't get better you like creativity is not short bursts at random times at two in the morning when you're drunk and you're sometimes it is that that's how it is for me sometimes it I, could be. I think creativity is the most random thing. I don't think you can harness it. I mean, you can you can harness it, but I don't think that you can, like, just out on demand, just spit it out. That was, like, a big problem that I had in architecture school. Is, it's not it's a on process. demand, but I think you need to keep consistently sharpening that tool and sharpening that tool. And the consistency is well, that's key. why I, that's why I say like it's good to do something that's more like for a passion mm-hmm. because you're just just doing like blackout. It doesn't have to be like the same time every day, but like at least be like, oh, I haven't really done something that would that made me feel like I was being productive, but for myself. Yeah, another thing they like, say like is... it's not just like doing something for yourself. I don't mean like. Um, eat like a whole bag of Doritos because you're treating yourself or something. No, like, that's not self. I, I mean, like actually do care. something that's gonna help yourself and make you feel good. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they say that you should spend at least four hours a week doing something that you don't expect to see a return on financially. Do something just to do it. Like, yeah. I, like learn a different language. Not not. For anyone else. Well, sometimes, like, it's, yeah, like, not, maybe it's not a return financially, but it's a return for yourself. Like, like meal prep your lunches for the week, and then you don't have to worry about going out and spending money on your lunch hour. Yeah, it's, like, focus on doing those things and taking the time. Like, for me, it's something like organizing a junk drawer. Like, if I just take the time to invest in my future... Instead of doing something like laying on the couch and eating ice cream and watching Netflix, something that's not really going to get me anywhere, um, something that gets you off of your phone and allows you to just be present and be grateful for the house that you do have or the apartment that you do rent is, Mm -hmm. you know, take care of what's there. Yeah, it's really to keep up with your surroundings. All it takes is a bunch of little tasks. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be regularly. and regularly like it doesn't have to be like one day 
every other week you like say, hey, all right, I'm gonna get my stuff together right now and just clean up this house. Yeah. It's a mess. Like I disorder. Those like manic spurts are, in my opinion, too chaotic, and I think life functions better with a little more. I think order. that it's good to have bigger cleaning sessions, like or like a bigger right every now and then instead of doing like. You know being a freak where you have to have your space so clean every day but it's much harder to just do the daily routine to do the daily maintenance mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder to remind yourself to not just be a slob and like leave your coat on the floor yeah um but in the end it return you get a return on that you get a return of your own time and that's you like, know and time that is goes, money goes back to the fact of you got to be boring like it might be like you know you get home from a hard day of work and you just want to take your jacket off and throw it on the ground and mm-hmm. get rain everywhere who cares like and just sit down crack open a cold one mm-hmm. and, and watch some sports or something but like that much that might be the thing you want to do but <laughs> it doesn't take us like it takes like maybe a minute or two to just hang your jacket up and then yeah. go about your business. Or maybe you just want to, you just say, you know, like, oh, screw it. Tonight we're just going to go and get, like, Chick-fil-A. How many times have we done that? Well, we, we are guilty of that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, of <laughs> course, we're not, we're nowhere near perfect. And, like, our worst moments are when we're like, oh, my God, it's been a crazy day. I didn't get to bed until super late last night. Uh, I don't even have time or the energy to make dinner. Let's just, like, get everyone in the car and go to Chick-fil-A. Come home, eat Chick-fil-A. We're fat slobs and we're on the couch, like. With the wrappers all over and greasy watching, fingers. Watching Netflix. Watching and Netflix. And not like, really. I haven't done anything productive and just now it's and already time to go to sleep and, and get back up and go to work. makes stomach turn <laughs> and we're up late because our yeah, you don't you hurts. don't sleep well and you wake up with indigestion. And we didn't brush our, fa- or brush our teeth or wash our face and do our nighttime take care of yourself routine. Yeah, That's, I think everyone finds themselves off. guilty of stuff like that. Even, even the most um, straight-laced people. Yeah, and it, it's just that discipline. So, like I said, if you can commit to investing earlier in the week in meal prepping, then you can come home and be in that routine already, and you're setting yourself up for an even better day the next day. Right. Like, how many how many times have we almost gone upstairs, and I looked at you and said, should we just pick up the living room before we do it? And I know, and it's, it's like, so uh, helpful because I'm not going to be able to do that in the morning. I'm going to be too tired, and I'm going to be in a rush running, to go get to yeah. work. Uh, God yeah. forbid we can get out of bed like an hour before we have to be at work. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> With dropping a child off to daycare. It's and especially in the winter, you gotta warm your car up. And there's yeah. so many. I I was just thinking about this, like I because I am so lazy with certain stuff. I feel like I, what I really need to work on is, like we said, in, investing in your future self and being consistent with it yep because once you break routine then it's like oh then you just keep breaking it you're like sometimes it's just easier to not yeah, like worry it's about too chaotic. but that's but that's not true because you do save yourself time in the long run mm-hmm. and i just feel like there's especially when you're leaving in the morning there's so many things that you got to do say you you wake up late it's like oh gosh like now i get you know i gotta like mm-hmm. skip a shower or something i gotta you know get my lunch together I gotta, yeah. you know, and it's like, but eat can breakfast, we... do the, like, I am, if you want to eat healthy, you actually got to make a breakfast or something, or you could just yeah. pre-make that breakfast. You can have your lunch ready to go in a go bag. You can have enough time to actually get a nice, good shower and brush your teeth 
and get yourself suited up, smelling good for the day. And to be a minimalist, it's in all aspects of life. So, for example, something I've incorporated is how many times do we have fruit that's on the verge of going bad and then we throw it out because you have more of your time back when you're a minimalist and you cut out all the bullshit. You have time to take the fruit that's almost on its way out, cut it up, freeze it. That's what I do. And I pre-make smoothies for breakfast in the morning by acquiring all of this, like, fruit that was almost going to go. Instead of just freezing it. Instead of just keeping your fridge a mess where you can barely even see stuff. Yeah, you don't know the label. Keep putting groceries in. All of a sudden, oh, you smell something, so you got to look bad. And surely enough, something's rotted in the back. And trust me, we did that too this week. I forgot (laughs) I even bought that. We threw out. from a month ago. (laughs) We threw out over $10 worth of groceries this week. And that's very annoying. We're pretty good with it, but we I, we like everybody slip up, right. and it's yeah, it's just something that it does take work, and it is the boring things that you do have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But then you can really save yourself time later, where you could be doing things that are more productive. Maybe it's focusing on a business, or maybe it's focusing on artwork, or just music, or and something. And then you're that's, recouping that money too. Like, it could it actually could be something that's investing in a self-interest that's actually going to make you a profit. Right. And if you can start, like, let's say you don't have a lot of funds to work with some side gigs to bring in some extra income, or you don't have really the means to have a hobby at the moment. Mm -hmm. Like I said, the two ways to increase your capital are to bring more in with different streams of income or um, spend less. So can you spend less on groceries by taking stuff that you were going to throw out, freezing it, remixing it into something else? You know, how many gro- how many smoothies in the morning and how many times are you going to not go to Dunkin' Donuts on your way to work and get a breakfast sandwich? Right. <laughs> you know, so that really helps. Like you will start to see those you'll start to see those um, little habits that turn into rituals really take over your life. And it actually, it, for the better. And it truly it is all just about how you spend your time. And your time is your most valuable asset. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't even, unless you're going to win the lottery, you can't make money without spending time. You know, and that's... And are you, you gotta, a val- valuable employee when you're groggy after ingesting way more carbs than you needed in the yeah. morning and sugar? True. And, you know, fat and... Yeah, you just don't feel your best self. You're not taking care of your, of yourself, um, like, you know, mentally and taking care of your physical body. You're not going to be as productive, and it's not even about just being productive for your your work. It's just being productive in your life and making mm-hmm. yourself feel good because people do feel better about themselves when they're actually doing something that is just good for the world or good for just something that makes them feel like they're doing something even like yeah, it's just I mean, it's just good to be, to have um have a focused life and i i think you can be anybody and have a focused life i think you could be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and you can lead a more intentional life that's more minimalist minimalist in nature and you can be an even better stay-at-home mom by adopting these principles and invite order into your household. And everyone, you know, your job as a stay-at-home mom is to be the manager of a household. Yes. And that's a very difficult job. I think that applying these tactics can be 
one of the best things you can do. I think that you can be a working mom, you could be a working dad, you could be a state, you could be anything. And after applying these tactics and letting go of what you don't need, mm. um, you're going to advance, whether it be in your career or you're going to be a better mom because of it, a better wife, husband, father. I, yeah, I think these tactics can be applied in a pretty much any scenario in, of people's life. I, I think that you don't need to take it literally and you don't need to really just say, I'm going to get rid of everything that I have. Like, that's not really the point. No, the goal is, I mean, there's like 10 core goals and it's to eliminate discontent, reclaim your time, live in the moment, pursue your passions with all that extra time that you uncover and discover your mission, you know, discover your mission in life. What What is life even all about? What's it for? How you spend your days is how you spend your life. Um, experience real freedom, freedom of finances, freedom of debt, freedom of space and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, create more, consume less. You can start to get all of your emotions out through some kind of creative outlet it with all with extra time you get to focus on your health so you can grow as an individual contribute beyond just yourself maybe you start donating and you start volunteering more because you start realizing all the abundance you have to share mm-hmm. and that makes you rich as a person i mean just money doesn't make you rich it's also your time and your experiences and your willingness to help and things that you can donate that um all of that is valuable even though it doesn't have a monetary value so um just getting rid of all that excess it will help you rediscover your purpose or maybe discover it for the first time Mm -hmm. well i think unless you have anything else that you really want to touch on before we wrap things up i think i'm ready to uh, end this podcast on this note right here yeah, I think that we would like to invite everyone to, for the next 30 days, join the Minimalist Challenge, give away the number of things that the number of day it is. Yeah, and see how long it can last. You... It's really not something that's easy, especially when you get into double digits of things you need to get rid of. It might get challenged. It's a challenge, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some people might find it easy. They're like, oh, I have so much stuff in my basement. It's just junk that I need. I've been meaning to get rid of anyway. You know, it's New Year, so I might as well start the New Year off on a, on a clean slate. Some people might be like, well, I just really don't, I don't know. I, I think it really does get hard, especially if you try to follow the track and not just be like, oh, I got rid of five things yeah. that day, two things that day, so I'm like at day seven. Like, <laughs> If you do something for 30 days, it'll become a habit. Yeah. So if you can stick with it, it it'll bleed into your life in good ways. Yeah, I I agree with that. And on that note, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next time, and um, I hope everybody tries the minimalist challenge and let us know what you feel about it. Comment, like, subscribe. Yeah, as always, if you uh, would like to subscribe to our channel, like our stuff, um, follow us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram at the Human Factor Blog. Uh, to get updates on podcasts and 
Let us know topics that you would like to hear in the future. Some other helpful tips, tricks, recipes, all that. Yeah, anything. We can talk about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, bye everybody. Bye.